Hello, Mixed Neck Cases, Dog Days of Podcasting listeners. This is Nuke Joss, and this is Meta Monday. Welcome. The last Meta Monday of Dog Days of Podcasting. So this is me just having it out, talking about the other shows that are in the feed, talking about my life and things like that. Um, I want to I wanna talk a little bit about AI art. Uh, there's a lot of talk about AIs going on right now. There's a lot of people experimenting with AI art. And uh, there's AI that is used in lots of what we do. And there are a lot of ethical AIs. And I'm 100% behind using artificial intelligence. Uh, Google is an artificial intelligence, right? You know, I mean, anyone that has used a chat bot has used artificial intelligence. I, I like the idea of, you know, software that can learn. The issue I have is, well, one, software learning on things without its consent. Um, consent is a huge thing for me. Uh, I am a big fan of the open source world, but I am not a fan of I'm just going to steal your IP. You know, I'm going to steal your copyright. I'm going to steal what is rightfully yours. And that works with body autonomy, that works with um, your content, and it also works with your art. And while I don't think that AI is ever going to replace artists, I, I do think that there are smaller jobs that it will, it will steal. And I do think that there are a lot of artists that their work is being ripped off because AI learned from them and is, is using that to build things for other people without their consent. And and imagine if somebody came into your house and took your macaroni art and gave it to somebody else without your permission. You know, I mean, you wouldn't enjoy that. And that's what AI kind of feels like to me. The other thing that bothers me is the sneaky way around AI art. Um, you know, tag your AI art, explain what you're doing. If you are using AR, AI art for sure, I really don't like the when an artist's style style is being stolen. And then you usually are going to be able to find somewhere. You will see that artist's signature. It's not just their style. It is their actual art taking, being taken and manipulated. Um, but then when somebody doesn't even say that this is AI and tries to pass it off as real. And I'm starting to see that in... Instagram posts and it's and other posts and it's all about getting the clicks, right? Everybody's trying to figure out how can I get the clicks? I love nail art. I would say 70% of the nail art I see on Instagram these days is AI art. They're not real nails. It's an AI coming up with things that, you know, some of them may be impossible to make. Some of them you could make, but instead of the people who actually are creating those things, getting the clicks, getting the views, getting people to see the stuff that they've made. These AIs are learning from them and then regurgitating it for somebody else's gain. And there are nefarious people that are taking advantage of this. I mean, if if you've been on YouTube for half a minute, you know about the five minute crafts, the trim trims, the all the different wacky, weird content that is just stealing other people's content or regurgitating other people's content. Because the more you put out, the more money you will make. It does not need to be good content to make money. It just needs to get people's eyes on it. And you just need to produce more and more. And that's what they're doing here with this AI. And 
It's frustrating. And I'm starting to see it in sushi pictures as well. Um, you know, instead of it being a sushi restaurant or a, a sushi chef putting out pictures of the sushi that they made, it is an AI learning from other sushi pictures and putting out sushi. And there's so many other things like this. And very soon it's, you know, it's only going to add to real people making real things getting ignored and hidden in the algorithms. And then, of course, we're going to have these unrealistic expectations. I mean, it's bad enough that we have unrealistic expectations with people using filters or the lighting is good or we're photoshopping people's bodies. Next thing you know, we're going to have artificial intelligence doing this. And there's no way anyone can live up to these standards because they're not real. They're not real now. It's only going to get worse. So I'm very uncomfortable with a lot of the AI art. Um, I understand it's an exciting world out there and there's a lot that it can do for us. I just really need people and companies to be more fair in how they're, where are they letting the AI learn from? Um, Google AI Adobe stock. Adobe stock is selling um, stock art that is made by AIs and there are famous artists that are finding that you can find art that they've never made clearly in their style that you can search using their name in Adobe stock to buy art that they've never consented to allow the AR to le- AI to learn from. So even the companies that are saying we're only doing this with consent, there's, there's some, there's some loopholes. There's, there's definitely some leaks going on. And I know that there's a lot of people thinking, well, if we just share all this content, the AIs are just going to get better and it's going to be wonderful for society. But consent is so important and we need to, we need to remember whatever we do, it must be done with people's consent. Um, so that's, that's my little rant. Uh, Joe, you took a day off. You said you weren't feeling it. You weren't in the mood and you took a day off. And I just want to highlight that and celebrate that because that is exactly the reason for taking a day off. You're not feeling it. You're just not, you're not sure what you want to talk about. So don't get on the mic and that's okay. And that's wonderful. You know, I know that we all kind of feel like, oh, if I miss a day, I didn't really do the challenge. No, I you put, you know, somebody, if I came behind the mic and I didn't have much to say and I was just talking about, oh, I don't know what to say next, or I was just doing it just to say that I did it and I wasn't actually putting out anything of my real thoughts or anything worthwhile. I mean, somebody could argue that none of my stuff is worthwhile, but for me, if I'm not putting something out there that I care about, why bother? And that's not what Dog Day is about. It's not about a task that you can just do. It's supposed to be creating content and sharing with each other. So yeah, absolutely take that day off. I'm so sorry that you're struggling with your black cat, but black cats are the best. And I know that everyone's heard this before, but black cats don't get adopted as much. Uh, black cats out in the wild and on the street, uh, they, they get attacked. They get attacked. People hate black cats. They, they will try to run them over. They will poison them. They will throw things at them. They will shoot them. And it is terrible. So I am all for if, if you're in the market for a cat and you see a black cat, adopt that black cat as soon as you can because that cat needs love. Um, my sister 
had two black cats that she adopted together. They weren't even litter mates, but they were friends at the shelter. And so she adopted them. It was Romeo and Juliet. And Romeo has passed. And Juliet, all the while with Romeo, she never, she was mute. She never made a noise. Like the only time I ever heard her make a noise is if you stepped on her tail. I mean, she did not make a noise. She was so sweet. But she was always kind of in the back, you know. Romeo took up all the attention. After Romeo passed, she is taking over. She is making noise. She is creating a whole new life for herself and i'm so happy for her i love her so much i would steal her if i could um jay i know it it happened a few days ago but happy 500 episodes that is fantastic i'm so excited for you and it makes me realize that i must have done 500 but i don't count my dog days so i'm not really sure how many episodes i've put out i only count the main shows um and i'm in the 250s at this point, right? 250s, something like that. Um, if I'm not at 250, I'm close. Let's see. Where am I? I'm, I can, I can actually look this up. Let's see. Uh, Nutty Bites 247, 248, I think is what I put out most recently. Yep. Nutty Bites 248. So I'm very close to 250 for full length episodes. Um, and, and I don't think that counts the ones that I broke up into if they were really long and I broke them up into two episodes, but 500. I'm sure I've done that. And I am excited because that's a huge milestone. And um, yeah, Uh, thank you for putting in those comparisons of the random read that, you know, random character that you're doing for your monologue. And then the um, the one that you did originally in the one with Keanu. I think that Keanu is creepier because it's much less expected. for that voice to have that monologue. But I think they were both really believable for performances. It's always interesting to hear the random compared to the one that you had planned and thought a lot about. Um, so Paul, I loved the trivia episodes. I thought it was a lot of fun. Although I will say some of the trivia was a bit obscure. So definitely difficult trivia. Um, and as you read the questions, I would think that you were going to be asking a different question because you put in all this flavor and then it ends up not being the question I thought. I'm like, oh, I know this. I know this. No, I have no. What, what, wait, what was it he wanted to know? Because <laughs> it wasn't the question that I thought you wanted to know. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, getting back to Joe, I've, I've got little notes, by the way. Can you tell? Uh, with why is October not the eighth month and all in September, not the seventh month. I saw somewhere somebody had said, um, you know, the fact that October, you know, September, October and December are not their respective months really bothers me. And I hope whoever did that, you know, gets stabbed or something like that. And someone responds with oh i assure you he did (laughs) because it was caesar (laughs) it was caesar it was all vanity can you believe just all vanity um so joe for the topic is trek um i have always wanted to see a mini series kind of thing where we go into things that are always referenced in other trek like imagine star trek Kittimer, you know, uh, Star Trek, um, Beta Z, and we learn what are the holy rings of Beta Z and things like that. You know, Star Trek, 
the occupation, you know, figure out the the beginnings of the whole Bajoran Cardassian uh, everything. Uh, Star Trek going back to why the Vulcans and the Romulans are not friends and going back and, and, and these big major events. And the funny thing is, this is what Star Wars is doing. Star Wars Andor, this is exactly it. Uh, Star Wars Rebel One, they, they're going back and they're filling it in. We've always talked about these things. Well, here's the answer. And that's a way of keeping it in line with all of the Trek that we love, but you're still doing something new and you're not rehashing the old thing. Um, I really don't want to see a next generation, the new class. You know, I don't want to see somebody else playing Picard. We saw that. And as much as I like Tom Hardy, Shinzon was annoying. Um, we, we, I like something fresh, something new, but just give us a little more oomph, a little more. Yeah. Something more in the universe. The universe is so big. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, I've always said that Voyager should have come home a mismatch of different technology. It should not look like a Starfleet ship. Absolutely. Um, you know, a different, I would like to see instead of a new Voyager or advertising Voyager as the Kelvin timeline, you're just going to alienate people if you do that. But how about a different ship? lost into a different area of space we could totally see something like that happening um we don't need to call it kelvin we'll just you know what jj's nonsense just toss that out we had some good stuff we we don't need to keep going back to that well we could even say alternate realities a different alternate reality but i really like the idea of it's another ship that got lost it's another ship that's dealing with aliens in an area that we've never even heard of. And let's not bring the Borg into it this time. Uh, Tim, if you are starting to run out of show ideas, um, I I liked, by the way, how you talked about all the things that you lost and had to replace. Um, but I would really like to hear about your firsts during your recovery, you know. Um, like the first time you went upstairs or your first day of work back or your first run or the recovery that you had to do to get back to where you are. Because I know that you had a lot of firsts and you're a very active guy and you're still participating in all of these things. So I would love to hear all of that. Um, so you've got lots of content left to explore and bike costs. Oh, I can, I feel you. I don't think what you spent on your new bike is that much to tell you the truth. Um, considering we've been doing some, some bike upgrades and everything and, uh, what I'm looking at for my next options. Yeah. So we spent $750 just on wheels for my bike. That was a huge upgrade and shipping and all of the other things. We probably spent the same amount that most people would spend on a bike just for my wheels, but they're wheels designed for bigger people. They have more spokes. I can do the tubeless tire with them. Um, they're really fancy wheels and they make such a difference. They are so sturdy. They are so smooth. I have a road bike with really skinny tires and there were definitely times when I would go down a road that's a little chewed up and think, I can't ride on that. Oh my gosh. Or I'd go over, uh, seams in the road and I, every time I just feel it so much and I'd think, oh man, that's not good. That's not good. But on these wheels, I could, this could almost be a gravel bike with these wheels. They are amazing. I'm still on a pretty old bike. It's like, um, trying to think. I think it's a 2003 is the model. So like I'm on an old, old bike, 
but not as old as my old bike. <laughs> my old bike was older than me, so that was much older. But it's it still, it's got a good frame. It still works. I love it. Um, and I just add more pieces to it. You know, I, it's funny. It's like we're almost at a ship of Theseus part of this. Uh, the frame is the same, but the wheels are different and the handlebars are different and um, a bunch of the other gubbins are different. The seat is different. I don't think I've changed the, well, the chain might be different, but the, like, I haven't changed all of that, like the, that stuff. And I don't think I've changed the brake lines or anything like that, but you know what I'm saying? Like it's at, at one po- some point you're like, wow, I've made so many changes on this thing. How much of this is still my original bike? But now I'm also looking at the idea of, um, adding on possibly an electric kit for hill assists. You know, they have these there, I think it's called the switch and it's just, it, it'll incorporate into your regular bike and it just gives you a little bit of pedal assist. Uh, and it just helps with going up really big hills and stuff like that. And, you know, the, the big question I have now is like, do I get an e-bike, just get an e-bike, a really nice e-bike, or do I, take my really nice bike and convert that to an e-bike. And there's, there are, uh, arguments for each of them. Um, like I said, I could use these wheels. I could turn this thing into a gravel bike if I wanted to. I really do like the idea of gravel bikes. I'm not interested in mountain biking. Uh, tech really does like mountain biking. He actually has now a road bike. He's got a Trek Madone for his road bike and he's got a Trek something or other for his mountain bike. That was his big thing this year. He got himself a mountain bike and so he'll go out and do all like the trails and the hills and all that other stuff. And then he'll go on the road and go for like 40 K or 60k or did 100k last year it's he goes a lot further than i do but um yeah it's just, they cost but they're so much fun and then when you add in you know the helmet the shoes the kit all the other things and yeah uh i am also with you on the whole shoe thing um so i need not just wide width but i need the problem i have is where my foot is wide I'm not wide everywhere. It's just at the box area and finding the right shoe. The beauty is with a bike shoe, I can get a shoe that's a little too long for me as long as it gives me the right box where I need it to be um, because I'm not walking in it, right? I'm just clipping into my pedals. I wonder if that's what they meant by you had a prosthetic device. I wonder if it's your clip-in pedals is what they were talking about. But... um or sorry, clipless, uh, not clip in. It's clipless. What, you know, that, you know what I'm talking about. They call it clipless, but you're actually clipping in. Um, but a clip pedal is when it's got the cage. Uh, but anyway, um, because I'm not actually walking in them, I can, I can kind of wiggle around there. My issue is that the box of my foot, you know, that's where your toes connect, right? That's the widest part of my foot. But then I have these little teeny tiny toes hanging off the end of it. So it's like that part is wide. I don't have very long toes. And then the rest of my foot is normal width. So it's just like just one area. It makes it really tricky. Not that anyone other than Tim cares about that. <laughs> but it really it it really is a... um 
whenever you have a hobby, people from the outside who are not part of that hobby can look in and say, yeesh, that's a lot of money to spend on that. I mean, I have had people look at the pens that I write with and they're like, oh, that's a lot of money for a pen. I mean, I got this and it only cost me 10 cents or, you know, oh, that's a that's a lot of money for a watch. My phone tells me the same time, you know, whatever it is. And that's okay. Like you didn't don't have to spend money on a watch or a pen or a bike if you're not into those things. But everybody has something that they will put a little extra money into a little extra time into. And it doesn't have to make sense to other people. So even if somebody tells me, you know, oh, I spent, you know, $1,100 on this purse, and I can't imagine why you would spend $1,100 on a purse, I am going to sit here and say, that's great. I hope you enjoy it because that means something to that person. And I don't need that person to turn around and say, you spent how much on wheels? You spent how much on pencils? You spent how much on, you know, whatever else? You spent how much on a custom jacket for your gi? Who cares? It's my hobby. It's my thing. It's my passion. Nobody, it doesn't have to matter to anybody else. Um, I have been having a blast listening to everybody. I love all of the updates. I've been able to keep pretty caught up for most of it. Uh, catching up with Paul always takes a little bit, kind of mainline those. Uh, but hopefully next year we'll get that RSS feed sorted out and, uh, you won't be on YouTube next year. Um, and, uh, Mad Marv loving everything that you're sending our way. It is always good to hear your, your voice and, you are the one that does like this whole diary thing. Like I think yours is, is the most uh, true to the dog days idea. Um, and I love that. Melissa, I am digging the 25 years. I am digging everything. Thank you, Clay, for reading that. It is, it is really a good, his cadence is just so right for this. And I'm also digging all of the interstitials and the singing and the everything. Uh, I am loving what everybody's putting out and it doesn't even matter because none of this is real. We're all just part of the simulation for Mark or maybe, maybe the encaffeinated one. We're not the simulation for you. Maybe you're the simulation for us. And I like the fact that you've entertained that. That's kind of interesting. Uh, I kind of want to hear how the deadpan meetup goes after hearing all of this talk about it. So I know that that's going to happen after dog days can we get like an update or something i would love to get a little update there uh most of us doing this are not going to dragon con so i'm not going to be able to live vicariously through all of you but anyone who is going to dragon con and listening to this please uh share your pictures and you can share them in the dog days of podcasting group i would love to see them i can never go to dragon con so i kind of live vicariously through all of you and lastly we're going to finish this up uh, with just a bit of uh, thank yous. Um, so this is something that Michael Butler is always talking about, how this is a value for value podcast. If you get value, please let me know, you know, send something in, whatever it is. And I, I, I love that idea, the, the value for value. Um, I've always said that this is, um, you know, if you if you ask, I'm trying to explain this. If you ask people for a set donation, right? Like you say, I want you to give me X amount. They will give you X amount. Or 
your membership costs this much, you will get exactly that much. But if you say, pay what you want, pay what you can, pay what you think this is worth, you are going to get a more honest um, response. And that's something that we did at CHSR, by the way, um, donate chsrfm.ca. Um, and this is, this is, um, what we, we would do is when we did fundraisers, I remember we did like that, you know, when you're walking around and there's the hot dog fundraisers and they're like, Oh, it's $5 for this or whatever. We just said any donation, any donation that you give, you get a hot dog. Any donation that you give, you get a cupcake. I added cupcakes to the mix just because that's what I make. And next thing you know, like some people are giving $20, $50 for a hot dog because they realize this is a fundraiser. And I love that. So value for value. Absolutely. Um, I just want to stop for a moment. Thank all of our patrons. Uh, and thank everybody who says that this podcast has value. So during dog days, everybody's getting a special shout out. So thank you to all of the patrons of the Nutty Bites podcast. You are all fantastic. I got to make sure this is uh, all of my active patrons. And we are going to stop start with those at the top, top dollar, and work our way down. So thank you to our top tier, our big daddies. Thank you to Jax, the biggest of daddies. Thank you to Jason. Thank you to Rich the TT. Thank you to Mark Cabot. Uh, we're getting into our patrons of the arts here with Mark Cabot, the encaffeinated one, Melissa, the bathtub mermaid, and Susanna. Thank you to all of those patrons of the arts. And thank you to our other patrons, the lifeblood of the campaign, the lifeblood of keeping Nutty Bites on the air, keeping the lights on, paying our server fees. So thank you to Shane, Selginor, Andy, Cliff, Grig, Harold, Hugh, Ian, Justine, Ken, Kinsey, Crazy Joe Adventures, Mike, PCAT, The Radical Geek, Stephen, Will, and Zach Man. Thank you so much, all of you, for keeping things going. You are fantastic. You are great humans, and I really appreciate the support. And I have to say, some of, let's see, some of these have been hanging on supporting me since 2016 when I first started this campaign. Um, I start, I opened up the Patreon and I started getting this before that I had a little PayPal and I think Jax might've been the first person that did PayPal. I also have a PayPal open. Most people don't use it. I've been thinking about adding a Kofi or a coffee or however you spell it. Um, I, whatever. I'm actually at this point where I want to go in and revamp things and go more into this value for value and less about the different tiers. And I'm thinking about reworking some things. And I have also added, and this comes from Dave Slusher, a former Dog Days of Podcasting uh, participant. If instead of donating to me, you want to donate to the charity of your choice, as long as it's not some hateful charity that doesn't make sense, that would work for my me, you, you, everybody has heard my voice. You know what I'm passionate about. So, you know, no, nothing that's against that. Um, you know, do not donate to the let's beat up all the Trekkies fund. That's a terrible charity. Uh, but you know, you want to donate to the food bank or a humanitarian cost or, uh, cause or something that, that hits your heart. Uh, please do that. 
send me a copy of your receipt or uh, what I did with uh, Dave Slusher is I donated to Drag Story Hour and I put it in his name and or in the podcast name and I put in his email address and it he got the thank you and he got to see that it was in an honor of him. So if that's a way that you want to be uh, a supporter of the show and you want to tell me that this show has value, that is a way that you can support because I am all about, yeah, fine. You you don't want to give me money? That's fine. Give money to something that is worthwhile to you. And that is also giving value. So value for value. I love that. Um, and I think this year, I it finally I finally understood what, what you were trying to say when you said value for value. You are saying, pay what you want. If this is something that is worthwhile for you and you want to keep seeing it go, that's that's the best way to do it because there are days I don't get very good stats in the sense that I really don't know who's listening. I've got some tools. They kind of tell me some things. I'll tell you during dog days, the stats are higher than normal, but I don't, I, I really can't trust those because <laughs> I've had some stats that tell me, oh, only these amount of people are listening. And then I get feedback and I'm like, no, that doesn't make sense with the other information I'm getting. And then there are other times where I'm like, I'm not sure there's that many people listening. So it's, it's, this is the kind of thing that tells, you know, feedback, um, interaction, this kind of thing, uh, sending donations. This is how you tell podcasters that you're actually listening. And I think if I didn't have this kind of feedback, I don't know if I would still be podcasting because I would, probably feel very discouraged. I would probably feel like nobody was listening. Um, and I know that a lot of podcasters get that way. They just feel like nobody's listening. I'm talking to a brick wall. Am I that guy alone in my room and nobody's listening? Like, is that if, if you podcast and no one listens to it, is it still a podcast? Nutty Bites is produced by Nimlas Studios under a Creative Commons Attribution No Commercial Non-Derivatives 3.0 International License. That means you can't change it without my permission. You can share it and send it to your friends. Just link back to me, my site, and everything. We live at nimlas.org, which has links to everything social media, including facebook.com slash group slash Nutty Bites and patreon.com slash nukejoss or call 347-Nutty42.